What is going on, movie lovers? Welcome back to another edition of No Content for Old Men. This is the podcast where every week I give you reviews of the latest movies and some streaming suggestions for your weekend. As always, I'm your host, Matt Craig. Thank you so much for listening. And this week, we're talking about Alex Garland's Men. When the trailer for this movie was shown before uh, movies that I've been to over the past couple of months, it got a huge reaction. You'll find out why. And then I went to see the movie, and I have no idea what I saw. So we're going to talk all about it. I'll try to explain it as best I can. Um, and then also, there's a new Jackass movie, kind of. Uh, some outtakes and, and behind-the-scenes footage that just dropped on Netflix. I hit an all-time classic rom-com. And then get you guys ready for Top Gun Maverick, which is going to take over the box office over the next week or so. And I can't wait to talk about it um, next Friday. But until then, like we we've got to we've got to talk about this movie Men by Alex Garland. So let's let's do that. One of the most consistent themes on this podcast in my newsletter is Hollywood's relationship between commerce and art. That of hammer and nail lately. I lament that fact constantly and advocate for more resources and hopefully more fan engagement invested into artistic statements that can, in the best of cases, change the way we view the world. In that way, Alex Garland's men should be a poster child. No one who sees this movie could deny it is anything other than an exquisite rendering of Garland's vision, which seems to be trying very hard to change the way we see the world. And yet, in a world where Doctor, Doctor Strange still plays at the box office, and this weekend marks the arrival of Top Gun Maverick, it's really difficult for me to advocate for a movie so thoroughly uninterested in audience accessibility. In fact, I'd challenge anyone to watch this movie and attempt a coherent explanation of what exactly occurred across its brisk 100-minute runtime. This much I know for certain. A woman, played by the always awesome and interesting Jesse Buckley, rents a house in the English countryside to which she can escape and mourn the loss of her husband, who committed suicide after she told him she wanted a divorce. Every single person in the little village around this house is a man, and every one of those men is played by Rory Kinnear, donning different prosthetics and hair and costumes to inhabit a landlord, a priest, a police officer, a barkeep, and on and on. This obvious break from reality, along with the movie's title, would lead one to assume the movie has some grand message to send about the male gender. And that message isn't pretty, as the men in the movie begin to torment her with increasing aggression. This all-men-suck ethos has led to laughs, cheers, and even one they-do-be-like-that from audience members over the past few months when the trailer for this movie would show before theater screenings. It would draw the biggest crowd reaction until Nicole Kidman inevitably appeared on screen to welcome us to AMC, a promo that has become a full-on sing-along at theaters around Los Angeles. Still, as this movie devolves from deeply unsettling suspense into all-out body horror, it dodges and deflects any clean narrative one could assign to it. And since there's no real plot to speak of, one could be forgiven for believing it's being difficult for difficult's sake. This isn't the case of your usual indie art house fair, a little engine that could, if only it had the resources and exposure to reach the masses. 
As much as we want to crap on modern audiences' preference for the juvenile, there's not a single point in movie-going history where this movie could be a broad commercial success. It's far too weird, too esoteric, too cryptic. It's a genre that A24, perhaps the most successful independent production company in history, seems to be a sucker for. As I've written about before, A24 movies love to use pagan imagery to conjure up uneasiness, and recently they've backed more and more fringe projects. I'm not sure where that leaves Garland, who probably still deserves the latitude to make what he wants after the undeniable success of Ex Machina, one of my favorite movies of the 2010s. Now he has a track record of beautiful yet indecipherable stories. I'm thinking of Annihilation or the TV show Devs and now Men, which don't do good business at the box office. What's worse, for a niche arthouse movie that's meant to be, you know, this piece of art, I'm not entirely sure there's a deep truth to be uncovered here. Buckley and Kinnear deserve plaudits for excellent acting performances, and Garland is a visual talent, but gestures toward grand statements are either lost in a maze on their way to audiences, or they're nothing more than that gestures this weekend if you're going to hit the theaters take the highway to the danger zone instead okay every week i give you something new something old and something to stream this week something new it's the number one movie on netflix it's jackass 4.5 have you ever wondered what material the jackass crew came up with and shot that was too gross too dumb to put in their movies Well, of course not, because they also bundled that stuff up and put it out there for all of us to see. Spillover from this year's successful Jackass Forever is now on Netflix, and there's a whole, not a whole lot more to say about its content that you wouldn't already guess. They're funneling hot sauce into their butts, getting shocked by an electric eel in their butts, and yeah, a lot of other butt stuff. Plus some interview snippets that give further insight into how they put the movies together. If you're a fan of Jackass, It's more of what you love. This week's something old, and it's quite a transition from (laughs) Jackass 4.5. It's streaming on Amazon Prime. It came out in 1960. It's The Apartment. It's funny to me that when people talk about, you know, all-time classic rom-coms, It's as if the genre never existed before 1989's When Harry Met Sally, which kicked off the golden era of now-considered oldies in the 90s. But amongst cinephile circles, there's far more respect, closer to even reverence, for the work of Billy Wilder, one of the most accomplished writer-directors of Hollywood's actual golden era in the 40s and 50s, with Double Indemnity, Sunset Boulevard, and Some Like It Hot, to name a few. In this one, Jack Lemmon stars as a spineless accountant who rents out his apartment for executives at his company to use for their extramarital affairs. You could say it's a nice guys finish last sort of setup until things get turned on their head. The movie has all the fast-paced, clever dialogue and lighthearted gags signature to Wilder with great acting performances and more than enough romance for those who haven't explored past Meg Ryan and Julia Roberts. As I always say, don't let the black and white stop you.
This week's something to stream, you know we gotta do it, from 1960, 1986 on Netflix, Top Gun. This is the type of movie I wouldn't normally recommend only because I assume most of you all would have already seen it. But in the lead up to the much hyped sequel, I was alarmed to find that many of my friends had never basked in perhaps the most 1980s, least self-aware movie ever, and definitely the sweatiest movie ever made. Any criticism about this movie can be parried away by remembering this is a movie in which guys play shirtless beach volleyball wearing jeans, smacking each other's butts, while Kenny Loggins playing with the boys, Blairs. Every single reviewer online seems to have had a blast with the new movie, which is out this weekend and will be featured in next week's newsletter. Don't worry. But when watched with the right spirit of joyful ridiculousness, Few movies are as rewatchable as the original. Do yourself a favor and rewatch it before you go out to see the new one this week. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so much for listening. I want to mention that you can get in touch with me at Mr. Matt Craig on Twitter or through my newsletter at mattcraig.substack.com. Let me know what movies I should be watching, what movies I should be recommending to my audience. Uh, and if you saw any of the movies I recommended, what your thoughts are. I can't wait to hear from you guys next week. Obviously, obviously, <laughs> we're going to be talking about Top Gun Maverick, one of the most hyped movies uh, of the year for sure. We'll, we'll see if, uh, you know, the box office numbers back that up. But I mean, in my world, I feel like this is a, a, a huge event. So I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to talk to you guys about it next Friday. And until then, guys, as I always say, I guess I'll see you at the movies.